Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Welcome to this bonus episode. Bonus episode number two. Twice in one week. Yes. Um, we're going to record a fun bonus episode today, hopefully fun, because I feel like we <laughs> promised, like, lighthearted, comedy-ish content, and it's been kind of dark in here the last few weeks. Hey, I went super lighthearted. Did you? Um, I went the funny route for sure, because I think I just needed it for a change, too, so okay. well, I'm good. I mean, it really just means our research is getting better. I think the darker it gets, the, like, deeper you've dove. So, like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, whew, she's been heavy. But today yeah. is also kind of a teaser. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen, but this is kind of the type of episodes that you're going to get if you sign up for our Patreon in the future, which we will eventually have. We're just not really in a rush. No. Yeah, we just don't want you to be paying for nothing for the same shit that you're getting on for free, just for the sake of supporting us. So, If you want to do that, we do have that buy me a coffee thing yeah. account. If yeah. you want to just throw money at us, you can do it that way. Yeah, if you want to like support us in small donations, you can, I think, set up recurring ones on buy me a coffee, or you can just do it one time. That's in our link tree. But this is kind of going to be a teaser of what that kind of content will be like. And what it's going to be is... Just like extras of cases we've already covered. So we each picked one today. When you mentioned that there was like a reoccurring option, there is called the Forensic Fisherman, and I think it's like $5 a month. So we already have that set up. <laughs> um, I am wearing a Podcast by Proxy t-shirt today as well. We haven't said this on any recordings, I don't think. I've mostly just posted about it on Instagram, but we do have a small merch shop now that's through a distribution company. So again, link tree on our Instagram, you can hit the merch button and just browse any of the few uh, designs. You should probably go first because I think yours is going to be heavy. Mm. I think mine will be a nice palette cleanser maybe. That's fair. We can. I also think yours is going to be longer, um, but uh, yeah, mine's pretty funny. Okay. Well, I definitely went the funny route. My bonus or extras, updates, whatever the hell you want to call it today is on the Kelsey Schelling case, which I kind of promised anyways, but... Um, you did. What's yours on? So I decided to just go back to good old Jody Arias <laughs> because there's just so much more to her that we can get into. Yeah, she's a special um, flower. I went a little bit more with the serious information in the case just to keep it on track, but there was so much stuff that I laughed out loud at or my jaw just dropped and I thought, people need to know these things. So I'm going to share the funny side of Jodi Arias. <laughs> okay. Well, right before I start, I know I just rambled on a lot of stuff about our social medias and stuff. I didn't say a handle. If you're new here, every single thing you can find us on is at Podcast by Proxy everything so if you're trying to find us on social media instagram twitter spotify wherever you're looking for us it's the same everywhere and without further ado let's do it here we go so 
I think kind of the thing I left off with, if you haven't listened to either the Kelsey Schelling case or the Jody Arias case, I highly suggest uh, hitting pause. <laughs> Why are you here? I highly <laughs> just, just hit pause and go listen to them if you're interested and come back. But you don't have to, realistically. Um, I think the thing I kind of left off with at the end of the Kelsey Schelling episode was the witness that we talked about that was set to testify in trial and yeah. was shot like right before she was set to testify wasn't it like two days before or something like that yeah um and, yeah. I, and I think our uh our ending on that was they weren't sure if it's linked we think like it's linked you kind of have to assume it is but we're not sure so yeah. I have an answer though um well I kind of have an bum, answer bum, so bum. I'm gonna I'm going to go into it a little bit. So Roxanne Martinez was her name. She was 31 years old when she was shot and killed on February 25th of this year. This was just days before she was supposed to appear as uh, a witness for the prosecution against Dante Lucas, who had been obviously, as we know, recently found guilty of being responsible for the death of his missing pregnant girlfriend since 2013, Kelsey Schelling. Roxanne was found at around 11 p.m. at the intersection of East Kenyon Drive and South Wabash Street in the Hamden South neighborhood of Denver. And at the time, basically police were like... Wait, pause. Did you subscribe to, like, the Denver Mailer? (laughs) (laughs) The Denver Gazette. I got this weird... That's it. Yeah. I got this weird email today and it was like, man, found dead, blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if this is spam, but I'm interested. No. So I'm glad it's real. It's real. I had to register to get some further tea. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You said Denver and I was like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you ever see those, it's probably just me looking for for the Lolo. Um, okay. So she's found 11 p.m. and Martina, so her cousin at the time, put out a statement basically saying that they believed the death was related to her involvement as a main prosecution witness. Investigators were like, we don't know. We can't link them together. So I did figure (laughs) out, because I think we, at the time, it was like, we're not really sure what she was actually even going to say in her Testimony? Yeah, I don't think we knew what her statement was yet. Mm-hmm. So it turns out, if you're wondering, that was my fingers cracking. Um, <laughs> Roxanne apparently actually confessed. Sorry, Dante actually apparently confessed to Roxanne that Whoa. he murdered Kelsey. Okay, I don't know how they were even like, we don't know if it's Link. I know. Like- <laughs> Knowing what her statement was, how was anybody ever like, no, I mean, like, law enforcement, like, ugh. But apparently it wasn't. So Denver PD immediately offer a $2,000 reward for information related to her death. And that's, like, all over the news. Like, if you look at any of the, like, the Denver news. I don't believe it. Gazettes from March 4th, it was. Um, So police. Those gazettes are running you astray. Yeah, so then the police announced on March 4th, 2021, that they actually believed the death of the victim was related to a domestic dispute between her and her boyfriend, 29-year-old Emmanuel Chandler. They put out a description of him and asked for help uh, from the public to find him. And on that same night, he turns himself in. 
So he was charged, but I don't know. I couldn't find any information on if he's entered a plea of any kind or if it's gone any further than just him being charged. I still call bullshit. I think it's a setup. I think he was in on it. I don't know how that is fucking possible. It's such wild timing. Two days. Mm Mm-hmm. So it gets friggin' worse. I know. We already got there. But you don't say. No, so it's just com- it's related again to what she was going to testify. So I found out that in March of 2013, so this is just a month after Kelsey goes missing. Remember, her parents had set up that Facebook page immediately, help find Kelsey. Yeah. A woman named Roxanne Wilkins on Facebook reaches out to her mom, Kelsey's mom, Laura, through the Facebook page. Saying that she used to date Dante, Dante Lucas, and that he had confessed to her. Dante? That he, and he killed Kelsey and where the body was. Um, apparently they planned to meet, but at the last minute, Wilkins told Laura that she was in the, like, Laura, uh, sorry. Roxanne. Kelsey's mom, Laura, planned to meet with Roxanne, but at the last minute... She told her that she was at the hospital and couldn't come, and prosecutors confirmed that Roxanne Wilkins and Roxanne Martinez were the same person. I'm glad she used her first name so they could identify her and make that connection, but at the same time, like, girl, why'd you use your first name? That would be dangerous if you're already in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. So she Ooh. reached out to the family, like, a month after this happened and said, I used to date this dude, and he already told me he killed her and told me where the body was. And then never met up with her. And then six years later, she's set to testify in trial against him. And then is found shot dead two days beforehand. But it's just a domestic dispute with her boyfriend. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So that's the story of that witness. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? I'm annoyed. Well, and I feel like because obviously there's the lawsuit that Kelsey's family files in 2015 against global police obviously there was shit going on there where they were like wildly mishandling or just like not handling this case so my thoughts are like if they had been handling this case more seriously or properly from the beginning would they not have maybe looked into this roxanne wilkins a little bit more and maybe figured that out a lot sooner you would think so you would hope so Like, why did that take so long if she literally reached out a month later? You know Laura gave this information to the police. They just didn't do anything with it. Oh, 100%, because her family was doing everything they could. Yeah, and so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm not even going to really go into the lawsuit too much because, like we said, it was dropped. The police are... They're held under a certain level of protection in terms of, like, how they're going to handle or investigation how they feel it should be handled but I'll, I'll just say like a few things that the family claimed so they claimed that the Pueblo police department um refused to follow leads and gather evidence at two separate location where kelsey's body might have been found they claimed that they refused to interview key witnesses they refused to pre- pursue relevant data states that they relied on statements from Dante even though he was shown to be incredible and only interviewed him like the one time and never really looked into him again 
city of Pueblo's police's practices or procedures impeded or obstructed a criminal investigation into the murder of Kelsey Schelling for the purpose of frustrating the family's right to access to courts. It basically states that the police department lied to the family about... Didn't they lie about searches and stuff like that? So the family, I know for a fact, I don't even have to read this. Um, the family basically at the beginning was like, they're not doing anything. They're not conducting searches where we want them yeah. to be searching. We're just going to do it ourselves. So they weren't communicating with the family at all about where they had mm -hmm. searched. And so... Oh, so they were like searching again, yes, they, For no so, reason. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so Laura organizes these huh. huge community searches, goes out, searches for hours with like hundreds of people only to turn around and be told, oh no, we already searched there and didn't find anything. But it's like, at the same time... So frustrating. The police aren't lie. They're not held... They don't have to tell the family every single thing. Yeah. They don't have to give ins and outs of the investigation necessarily if they think that they're holding on to information that, like, can't be leaked even to the family. Like, it's still yeah. their investigation at the end of the day. And so it's it's kind of like a hard one. They always have that to fall back on. It could impact the investigation. Uh -huh. It could impact the trial, which isn't false, but I think it is used more than it needs to be. I think they could. there are things that can be a bit more transparent. Yeah. Again, that's going to be case by case. No pun intended. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, that was kind of all I had on that. There's not... I don't think I need to go into the lawsuit too much. Um, I'll post... Not if it was dropped. There's like a full copy of the lawsuit that was filed by the family um, with all the release. It's like 22 pages. I can drop it in the references if anyone wants to actually read it. But, I mean, that's basically the uh, the gist of it. And it was, it was dropped. So, um, the last thing, <laughs> I only have really one other... This is... I don't know if I want to say it's funny, but it's just kind of like... A piece of the trial that we didn't talk about at all that's I don't know it's just like kind of ridiculous I guess maybe not um so <laughs> there's a girl named Lauren I'm just gonna use her first name we'll just call her Lauren um low 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 she lived in Colorado Springs in April 2016, and she took the stand virtually in this trial in, a couple months ago when it happened. And she says that apparently in 2016, she was trying to gather information about the Shelling case. So she reaches out to Dante on Facebook, exchanges num numbers with him, and then a few weeks later, they met in person, and she basically says that she, like, pretended to be romantically interested in him to get info out of him. The fact that you know that this guy has even potentially killed someone he's romantically involved with. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really be just going out on fake dates and being like, hey, tell me all your secrets. Like, what? Yeah, so in her testimony, she says that Dante characterized Kelsey as a, quote, best friend because she basically paid for everything. She, she's... I, I remember that actually in something else I listened to that she did pay for everything. Well, I told you that. 
as well. No, no, no. But I remember oh. hearing that in other places too. Yeah. Like everywhere I've heard about this case, yeah. probably from Heather, that big mad true crime, mm-hmm. that it's just remember her being like his bank account. Yeah. Well, and that's, we talked about that in our original episode yeah. that like, that's probably the main reason why she was even around him all as much, as long as, yeah. and as much as she was, because she provided a lifestyle Power and for a bank him. account. Exactly. That he could not provide for himself. So exactly. He tells this Lauren girl, Lolo, that he and Kelsey would do drugs together, that they were doing cocaine. And he also told her that a man he didn't know picked up Kelsey the last time he saw her. You lying sack of shit. Um. (laughs) Like, why are you even trying? Just be like, I want to talk about it. Seriously, just get off the stand. What are you doing? He did admit to her, to Lauren, that he was the person seen in the surveillance footage of picking up the car and moving it to the medical center, which we already uh, established he did admit to when he was, like, rearrested for something else in 2017. Mm-hmm. She actually said that Dante proposed to her. Uh, she took the ring, but she said she'd have to think about it. And then she says that she moved to Washington in the spring of 2017. She never spoke to him again. <laughs> I know and that he did call. So she just like ninja moved on their relationship. Yeah, apparently she just like up and left, never spoke to him again, just like bounced with a ring and then says that he did call her once from jail, but they never spoke after that. I kind of love that though. Yeah. I don't know why. I just think it's like pretty fucking funny that she's just like later days. Got what I wanted on the stand that uh, she knew what she was doing. She was trying to gather information about Kelsey's case and that she never fell in love with him, which like sounds pretty accurate considering that he fell in love with her proposed and then she fucking pieced. Usually you accept a proposal because you're intending to marry the person, not because you're going to be like, that's a nice ring. I'll think about it. Yeah, she takes the ring. I'll I'll just think about it. And then bye-bye. Gotta love her. Oh, my God. The defense pointed out that she was lying to Dante the whole time and actually tried to get her to admit that she was having sex with him in exchange for information. But the girl was, like, smart and would not categorize herself as a sex informant. Good. So, like, this, the defense is, like, pressing her and trying to get her basically to admit that all she was was a sex informant. And she was like, nope. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah, so. Not my style, guys. Yeah. Not my style. That's pretty much it for that. That's it? She basically said, like, I know that my testimony could potentially help take him down. And that was realistically the only reason that I wanted to testify. Fair. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for, yeah. for my updates for that case. Cool beans. Just a few little tidbits. Well, that's good. We were like, let's try and do about 15, 20 minutes each. Kind of ran out of funny content, and I really wanted to keep it, like, funny and quirky for Jody. So I'm hoping mine's actually a little bit shorter (laughs) than yours, just because it's so funny. (laughs) Are you ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Oh, I'm never quite... I'm literally never quite ready for what I'm going to hear about Jody, but the people are. Everybody loves this case. Yeah. (laughs) Hands down, yeah. are most listened to since Elisa Lamb, by far. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's right up there. She's a crazy bitch. She's a crazy bitch. And everyone loves a good crazy bitch. That's all it is. That's what it comes down to. And that is part of why these notes exist. And I will say that even mm-hmm. in here. Miss Jody Arias, to start out, uh, she's a cancer, if anyone was wondering. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Although... 
So is my so is my mother. So is my so, boyfriend and my brother. I mean, but cancer men and oh. cancer female are very different. Very, very different. different. Sorry, mom. And yeah, <laughs> very different. Uh, her chi- her Chinese zodiac sign is the monkey, which I feel like just is a lot. It's it's very fitting for her. Um, when Jody actually was finally at the phase of being put through her trial. CBC reported that they were selling seats for $200 each. It literally had become like a sporting event going to now, her trial. Who? And who's selling them? Just anybody. Like, because there are people who had, I guess, like Fair. reporters would have X amount of seats, things like that. And there would be people camping and lined up outside hoping that there would just be like an extra seat because random people do get to go into trials like if there's seats available you can go in and watch a trial uh depending on what it is people would just line up in the hopes that they would get to see the one the only i sat in on a murder trial during university jelly yeah so i think it was my third or fourth year and yeah we basically got to like pick a case locally if there was one that we mm-hmm. wanted, it was like an option. You didn't have to do this as your project, but there was a murder trial locally. It was a murder in Port Alberni and I got to sit. Oh. So I would go every single yeah. day for like two weeks and sit in on the trials and take notes. And then I had to submit, yeah, to write a paper of like my experience basically. So cool. Yeah, oh kind of fun. That is so mm. cool. So they are interesting. I mean, if I'm being honest, court cases or like trials in general are a bit dry and they're real long. <laughs> so you're not really in for just mm-hmm. like a couple hours of fun. It's it's a commitment. If you want to go and just sit in court for a few hours, go watch Traffic mm-hmm. Court because that's just like boom, 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 boom. But you get to see like a lot yeah. of sass, attitude, and just like some legal yeah. words. You get your fill. Well, like in here, so. I'm sure it's the same in the States, but there's also, like, etiquette. So, like, especially in, like, a criminal case, like, you cannot leave until you're told that you're allowed to leave the courtroom. If you are going to leave, you have to get up and bow. You always bow before. And when you come in, you always bow before you sit down. Well, it's your honor. So, anyways, sorry I interrupted. No, that's okay. She was so just, like, publicized and everybody loved Jody. That her diaries from prison were even previewed on Good Morning America. They would read snippets of them and show displays of them now, at some point. Yeah. Oh, they. I purposely didn't look them up because I was like, they're just going to be some bullshit about how she's treated in prison. And I know how she was treated in prison, and it's well. So let's just. Yeah. Not. <laughs> Better Jody. than she should be. I can't. I'm looking this up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you know the show HLN After Dark? I don't think so. Anyway, it's like a late night HLN show, but it launched and its first case it covered was the Jody Arias case. And it was almost like a reenactment kind of show where they'd have like fake jurors and everything. Those are so cheesy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so cheesy. And there was even a movie made about this and they took so many liberties in it. They said... Jody attacked Travis because she saw um, his ex-girlfriend's name pop up on his phone over and over, which wasn't even true. Not to mention, like, that doesn't warrant um, you... If that was a reason, I would have murdered more than once. Let's put it that way. 
Fair. I think all they're saying, though, is it was warranted because Travis was cheating or something sure. like that. Like, why she snapped? Because there really was no reason. They were just, like, in the shower. Sure. Which, yeah, okay, I get that. Like, like they were doing that and then she figured out he was seeing mm-hmm. somebody else. But, like, we know at this point that they weren't even really together when that happened and she technically was seeing somebody else. So, like, yeah, he probably was texting somebody else. He was planning on going on a vacation. She, yeah, she knew he was dating and he knew so she it was shouldn't dating. Have been a, it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. And she was on her way to visit the guy she was dating. That's kind of what I'm getting at. This shouldn't like, have been a surprise. Like, no matter who it was that you found no. he was texting, it shouldn't have been a shock. It's just because you're a controlling-ass bitch. True. Um, the reason that this was the case that they chose to start it on is because they claimed that um, the cases are never really about the crime. It's about the people involved. I can see you reading. Do you want to give us a snippet? Have you have found Have you one? read the diary entries of hers like pre-prison yes i've read some yes oh my goodness she's a lot right i mean you can tell that she's just writing these diary entries to like cover her ass oh yeah she's put so so much pre-planning into this so when did sorry when did she actually get arrested so the date of the murder was June 4th, 2008. She was arrested July 15th, 2008. Okay. So, 3 a.m. I don't know why she writes the time of her diary entries. Usually just the date's enough. She literally writes the time. So, it's an alibi as well. <laughs> literally is writing the time in her, like, in handwriting in her fucking diary. Yeah, it's it's 100% an alibi. Tuesday, 3 a.m., June 10th, 2008, so six days after the murder. Okay. This is horrendous. The most awful thing I've ever had to deal with. I am in total shock right now. It hasn't fully hit me. This can't really be real. This just can't be happening. I spoke with Bishop Layton. He confirmed that Travis is dead. What happened? Travis dot dot dot. What is this? Question mark. Yeah, because when she goes in... For her first interrogation when she's booked she even says i've been working with my bishop and he's been giving me scripture so you can tell she's tying it all together with these diary entries for sure mm-hmm. oh my god june 12th 2008 it just feels like he hasn't called me in too long i hear him singing i hear him laugh oh my god that's I'm two or three days before it. she's arrested <laughs> she's such a crazy bitch she's so crazy yeah so anyway do you want to know how she manages to make a living in prison because yes she's got a hustle in jail so a side hustle oh it's it's just like a main hustle everyone knows about it it's like she's just she is just slanging prison art and giving prison tattoos what she has figured out that she can give tattoos by mixing lead and mascara yeah, and yeah. using a needle, sure. right? So, yeah. whatever. Normal. So, can, yeah. She is quite artistic, having been a photographer. She's got a pretty artistic eye. And she would even sign her name on some of these tattoos. So, they'd have a tattoo and then her name underneath it, like a piece of art. Um, her cellmate had That's six. That's not how it works. No, her cellmate had six <laughs> tattoos by her, and today now says it's the biggest regret of her life. And that says a lot, considering she was in prison. The tattoos. Are they bad tattoos. 
Have you seen them? I saw a picture of one of them because it's in like a news article, but I couldn't really tell what it was. It was her cellmate. I'm... Oh, it's not good. I think oh, it's I'm not? I'm looking at one of them right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Is her signature on it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's like a dove... And the signature is inside the dove. So she didn't even sign it, like, outside the dove. Like, you would sign, like, a signature outside. It's, like, straight up inside the dove. And it looks like I drew it when I was seven. Okay, the one I looked at kind of looked like just, like, a heart with, like, a little swoosh thing around it. So I don't think it was that intricate. But that is hilarious. Dude, I am going to show you this right now. I will post this on our Instagram 1,000%. Are you messaging it to me? Look. Oh, God. That looks like a duck that's been left in the bath too long. Like Can a rubber one. you see one. the signature? That's Look not even that like signature. a signature. She's like printed it's, her name. It looks like I drew it when I was seven and then gave it to my mom. And my mom was like, oh, my God, you're so talented. I'm going to put it on, and, the like, put it on the fridge. <laughs> and then took it off like three minutes later when yeah. I left the room. You leave the room and she looks at your dad and goes, what is it? So a couple of years ago, I went to one of those paint nights. It was the one that we went to. Uh, yeah, I arranged work. that for work. Yes. Yeah. So Katie and I, if you didn't know, we used to work together. That's how we became Da-da-da. friends anyways. Katie, you obviously were, like, part of the social club or something. I'm never a part of any work clubs. Um, You're lucky if you can get me to go to a work social event. But Katie organized, like, a paint night. One of those paint nights where, like, an instructor comes in and they show you how to do it and everyone paints the same canvas. It was super fun. Anyways, I gave mine when when we moved out of our condo in Victoria (laughs) and I moved back here. I gave mine to my mom and I was like, look, mom, it's an olive original. Like, you can have this. It's amazing. She goes, oh, thanks. And she put it on the wall. I came over like two days later and I was like, mom, where's my painting? She was like, what painting? Oh my God, she tried to dupe you and be like, I I don't know what you're talking about. She had no idea. I found it in the spare room on the floor. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I've gone to three paint nights and not one of them is on the wall. So fucking funny. Anyways, continue with your Jody stories. These are so lighthearted and awesome. I know. I just needed like a break from the heavy, but I really wanted to talk about Jody again because there was so much (laughs) to her. Um, So as of a couple years ago, at least that I know of, and I'll be honest, I don't have a personal Twitter, so I was going to mention this one to Olivia. Jody still has a Twitter page that is run by her friends. Your eyes. No, up. not kidding. What? Yeah. So I BRB was I, logging onto Twitter. Exactly. I wanted to do this live and in person because I wanted to see your reaction and see if what's you... it called. Apparently, it's just her page. So just try searching her name. I guess. I don't know how Twitter works. Why are you asking me? Okay. If, is it Jody Arias updates is locked or there's Jody Arias supporter? Jody Arias supporter. Okay. Jody Arias supporter, take a stand against domestic violence like you weren't the domestic abuser. You can help Jody by donating what you can to the JAA Appellate Fund at justiceforjody.com. I'm so fucking happy I'm logged into our podcast Twitter account. 
And I'm so happy to see that it says not followed by anyone you're following because I would have been distraught if, because I pretty much only follow true crime podcasts on the podcast page. I'm so happy that I don't have to unfollow anybody right now. (laughs) That's how we cross-reference you. Oh my gosh. On April 10th, 2021, a tweet was made and it's a pinned tweet on this page. All donations to the JAA Appellate Fund between now and the end of the year will be doubled by an anonymous donor up to $35,000. Fuck off. So, yeah. I can't believe that shit. You were found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to your natural death in prison. Doctor from Psychology Today, Dr. Scott Ban, called her a celebrity monster. Because she was getting so much notoriety in prison, too, between the art, the Twitter page, just all the media she was getting. Good morning, America. It was ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. And ET Canada reported um, on July 2020 about a Jodi Arias cellmate secrets documentary that was supposed to be being made as well. It's going to be, like, interviews with people she was in prison with who, like, tell about her kind of thing, like her cellmates. Right. She also claims to people in prison to this day that she did not commit this alone. So she's like, there was someone else there. So now she's saying she did it? Well, in the end, she always said she did it, but then she tried to claim self-defense. That was the end verdict. Oh, I see. Cause, and that's why the Twitter handle says domestic violence awareness. Yeah. She's resting hard on that. Right. Yeah. she's, re- And that's why she had that like survivor t-shirt that she had in prison that she or in court that she held up. Bitch, you're not a survivor. You're a murderer. Look, I said it. I said it last time. I'll say it again. Those wounds were not self-defense wounds. Nope. You do not slash somebody from ear to fucking ear in self-defense. That ain't it. No. Just like everything else we've talked about, um, like when I mentioned in the George Floyd trial, everything is in proportion to. So your self-defense has to be in proportion to how the uh, bad the attack is. You can't. He can't be attacking you at a three and you attack at a 10. You can attack at a four, right? Like you're only yeah. ever allowed to increase just enough to defend yourself. That's truly what it is. So that's bullshit. Anyway, people in prison with Jody said that she was seen on multiple occasions flirting with the prison guards. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say some of these were women because the way they worded it is that she would like play with their hair and like twirl it kind of. And so she was, like, physically Mm. touching the prison guards and flirting with them. So then they would go in and do her cell search, and they would completely ignore all her tattoo contraband. So, like, she was getting preferential treatment because she was this pretty thing. Yeah. Um, And then all everyone that knew her in there said that she'd use you for what you want. The U.S. justice system is a ride. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. No, it is. It's a fucking ride down there, man. Yeah, Maricopa County's killing it right now. Um, yeah. Everybody in prison with her was, she'll use you for what she wants, then she just chews you up and spits you out. She doesn't give a shit about you, but she can build relationships. We know that, so mm-hmm. she has to be a sociopath. In 2017... She's, she's obviously manipulative as hell. Oh, totally. In 2017, a list went up of Jody's top, like... is it commissary purchases and she bought art supplies hair gel moisturizer small women's underwear scissors 
a bunch of shank-proof toothbrushes, as well as black and refried beans, sardines in oil, and multiple kinds of sausages, as well as ding-dongs. Oh, and, lo- and, and, and an antacid, which I mean, fair if you're buying all that shit. So There's, random. Well, hold on, though, because they say that she also, there were claims, they are unproven, but that she also was trying to get, like, female sex toys in there. And so they said it wasn't uncommon for the shankless toothbrushes and the sausages to be used as sex toys in prison. So that could be mm-hmm. why those two items she was buying multiples of, like, who needs that many toothbrushes? Right. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Christmas of 2020. We need twin. 2020. In the Chris- Christmas of 2010, Sheriff Arpeo, who was labeled controversially as America's toughest sheriff, hosted an American Idol themed contest at the prison in Maricopa County, Arizona. And she actually won first prize because she sang Oh Holy Night and she won a turkey dinner with mashed potatoes and cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, but the judges for this were the sheriff himself and then met two men, one dressed as Santa and one dressed as Elvis. Oh, all right. Yeah. Seems legit. So although this was in 2010, uh, in 2017, someone leaked the video of her singing in her like green and white striped prison outfit singing Oh Holy Night. It's pretty funny. Um, Shut up. This is so good. 2018. Uh, sorry, July of 2018, Lawrence Kirk Normie, who was her defense attorney, he claimed yeah. that he truly believed his client, Miss Arias, was the reason that his cancer emerged slowly after her trial. Like, he's like, she gave me cancer. She's the reason it emerged and took over my body from the stress of her. I believe it. And in 2015, he was sued by Jody and he lost his license because he wrote a tell-all called Trapped with Miss Arius. But he was genuinely concerned that he was going to die and she was going to be able to tell the story her way. So he needed his side to be out there. So he just like forfeited everything to be like, I need my piece out there just in case. Yeah. And as of 2019, he was still alive for all intents and purposes. So I think he's doing okay. I mean, I probably would have made the same move. Same. Did you know if there was any, like, major revelations in that? No, I think it was more about, like, the torture and how difficult she was to work with specifically. I don't think it was, because it's called Trapped with Miss Arias, so I think it's more like Mm. once he was assigned to her case. Because I do remember that he tried to get off her case, I think. Um, And the judge was like, Uh... no, you're assigned to it, this is your case. So she probably just made life hell for him, too. Yeah. And I don't think she really wanted him either. It was a two-way street, and they were both just like, Um, I mean, being a defense lawyer would be... The hardest job. One of the most difficult and miserable jobs in the world. I remember not saying that if you want to be a lawyer that you shouldn't go to school and be a lawyer. Like, if that's what you want to do, you should. (laughs) But I, I remember one of my main profs, who is actually, I believe, the head of the criminology department of that, university now he was like a pretty well-known criminal defense lawyer and i can't tell you how many times he tried to deter the people in our class who wanted to go into being a criminal defense lawyer away from that career like think about 
everything that you're taking on because a lot of the time you're defending a monster and you know that they're guilty but your job is to I guess not prove that they're not but but even creating reasonable doubt for someone like that is reasonable doubt in the defense or in the prosecution's case against that person like you 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 don't get a choice I watched the entire George Floyd trial and there were so many times watching his defense like there wasn't blood it wasn't shooting and stabbing and all that so it was very it's wild it's very difficult to watch him have to defend something that's so blatantly obvious because you can Mm -hmm. see every detail of what's happening and I just okay keep going no that was it I'm I'm actually done (laughs) oh you're done okay well that was up to 2019 so that was wild (laughs) yeah bitches be crazy oh by the way while you were telling me that, there's also a Twitter account that's apparently called at Jody Arias Diary. Oh, mm-hmm. we're heading over there right now. I know what Olivia's doing tonight. <laughs> no, Olivia's finishing the Sons of Sam. Oh, never mind. Um, the <laughs> this is actually kind of better. The Twitter feed is a parody diary. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, It hasn't been posted on since January 12th, 2020. Holy shit. Well, that is a interesting deep dive that I don't want to get stuck in. Honestly, I am just like happier ending Jodi on a high note. I got some laughs at her expense. Oh, definitely me too. (laughs) I'm not going to go too much further into her diary because I don't think that my Monday (laughs) requires that, but um... Have you watched the Sons of Sam documentary? Depending on how people feel if they watched it, we might have to discuss an episode that because... So should I be taking notes when I do watch it? No, I haven't been taking notes. I think that would be more of like a casual conversation. I don't know how much you like already know about the Son of Sam case. I personally kind of scraped the surface. I really never got that. I think David Berkowitz is a fucking tool, so Mm -hmm. I never really cared enough to like you know, go too far into that. I'm like, yeah, we get it. And, like, also, you shot people. So, like, you're just a fucking loser, in my opinion. Like, you're a coward. Um, but they're fucking on to something. With okay, I heard there's, sons. like, a whole conspiracy thing, so don't tell me about it. Like, I heard that it's very, like, true crime meets conspiracy is, like, the genre. So there's four episodes. They're an hour long each, similar to like the Mark Hoffman one. And I've only watched episodes one and two. So if it's anything like the Murder Among the Mormons, like whatever I've learned in the first two episodes is about to get like fucking discredited by the end of this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, it takes a while. That documentary specifically took a wild turn. But if it's not, this is very interesting. So you should watch it and, and we might have to talk about it. Well, I might just have to start that tonight. I told Brandon we could finish it tonight, so. I have seven minutes to edit. Right. And then I'm good. All right. Then I'm free. Well, let's go let you do that then. I got some social media stuff to do. Um, Let us know what you think of this episode. Yeah. We would love your feedback. If you like this, if you want more like this, maybe we can do where, like, the people pick, which... Cases we do updates on, we can do like one a month. Like I said, this may be, it's kind of like a teaser to what Patreon content could potentially be like. Not saying it will only be this, but um, 
Give us a like on Instagram. Throw us a follow. Comment if you liked this. I'll include some photos. It won't be like an official episode post, but I will have some up. Mm-hmm. And I hope you have a freaking great day. Yeah. Have a wonderful rest of your week. I hope you have a great one. Eat a cookie. You deserve it. Always. You always deserve it. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. I'll call you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck me.